0: This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to this special edition of the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin and I'm part of the team here at Parenting for Faith. Now, uh, once a month on a Monday, we run a Facebook live event called Bedtime Drinks with Rachel and Rachel Turner comes and uh, gives some advice on whatever you've been asking us about. We share ideas, we share comments, questions, um, and it's really a brilliant time. Uh, normally that's age specific but for this month you were all asking about the same thing and a lot of similar issues were coming up so we did a special one-hour episode uh, all about faith and the coronavirus what do we tell the kids uh, so this isn't the practical side of it it's not the medical explanation anything like that um, but just really how do we uh, bring faith into this how do we have good discussions at home And Rachel talks about three spiritual areas that might be coming up for you and your family. Uh, So the first one is about our emotions, all the things that we are thinking and feeling at this time, how we open up good conversation about that and how to process that with our children. Uh, Then secondly, she talks about how to help our children to see God in all of this um, and some questions and ideas around that. And then the third section is all about finding their purpose at this time. How can they still be purposeful and powerful and how can you support them in that? Um, If you'd like a written version of this or to watch the video, if you go to parentingforfaith.org forward slash coronavirus, you will find it on there. We've also been making some other resources available to you. If you are someone who works in a church context with uh, families or you help a toddler group or a small group, midweek ministry, anything like that. If you head to parentingforfaith.org forward slash post forward slash keeping hyphen families hyphen connected, or just search for coronavirus, it will come up. Um, We've talked a little bit about how to keep in touch with your families at this time and support them. So that's available. Uh, We've also done a section on how to run the Parenting for Faith course online. Many of you will know that we have an entire course. It's free to stream or download online at any time. Um, But this really talks you through if you want to use it in your small group or instead of a Sunday service, how to do a video call with lots of people, how to do screen sharing, all that kind of thing, everything you need to know. So that's at parentingforfaith.org forward slash course hyphen online. Again, feel free to just search on our website for any of this. Um, And the other thing that we are doing is uh, until the end of April, the Parenting for Faith course watch party, we're going to make all the previous videos free. So what The Watch Party is, is a closed Facebook group. Uh, So it's private where a group of us have been watching a session of the Parenting for Faith course. I've been popping up and giving uh, questions for individual reflection and questions for group discussion. Uh, It's a social learning uh, group. So you click on units and you click on the session afterwards and you can add your thoughts, your comments, your questions and interact with people from all over the world. And we thought this might be a really good opportunity to open it up if you're isolated, and not able to get out in the evenings. So we even though we are currently on week seven, uh, if you want to start from the beginning and join in with that, all of those videos will be available. So if you head to parentingforfaith.org forward slash watch party, um, it will show you how to join that and how to be a part of that. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We really pray that this is helpful. Uh, we are here to support you. So if there are other things that we can be doing, do get in touch, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, But here is the session from Rachel Turner on faith and the coronavirus. What do we tell the kids?
1: Welcome everybody. It is the Bedtime Drinks with Rachel. Is it Bedtime Drinks with Rachel? I've done so much prep for it. It doesn't feel very bedtimey, but it is Bedtime Drinks with Rachel. I hope you're in your pajamas. I did not wear pajamas tonight because I love you and I don't know. Now I feel like I should go get it, but welcome. Every uh, month we do a bedtime drinks with Rachel where we just do a little half hour uh, on something, a topic that is relevant to all of us, like sleep or uh, transitions or something. And this month we thought we'll hit the biggie. We will hit the coronavirus because It's a big thing in all of our lives. I don't know about you, but I'm home isolating. (laughs) So I'm on day, oh, I wanna say three. I don't even know anymore. I'm not convinced I know what day it is today. Uh, But I'm home isolating, everyone else, you may be, you may not be. I left my phone on the other side. Uh, But it uh, seems to be something that we are all facing. And I thought, let's wade in together. Let's sit around have some drinks and talk about this honestly, because uh, I don't know, we can have some fear and worry about our children and about our families, but also about how are we going to help our kids cope with this extraordinary, I don't know, I don't remember doing this as a child, do you? And it can feel like if we don't have anything to pull out of our bags, then we feel totally lost. And what I want to uh, give you today is uh, not a lot of medical stuff because I am not the medical person. And as you know, the advice is constantly changing and adapting and evolving. Uh, it's not what I'm an expert at. There's loads of wisdom out there about how to explain the medical side to your kids. But what I wanted to help us process together is how do we talk about the spiritual and emotional side of a pandemic and how can we coach our kids through this well? And that's what we're gonna talk about today. But because I know we're all fishing around in our bags, what I want to give you tonight is like a buffet, (laughs) like a buffet of stuff that you may need and you may find useful. You will not find all of this useful, but what I want to do is fill up your bag of stuff to pull from so that you can go, well, that's not my next step, but you know, in three weeks time it might be. And so this really is just a buffet to help you find your next place. Um, your next step for your kids. And so I'm going to be here as long as you want. Instead of doing a half hour, we're going to keep going until nobody's watching anymore. So if you have any questions, scenarios, worries, concerns, things you're doing great that could help other people, please type in as we go so that we can be a community isolated in our own little homes, uh, figuring this out together. So uh, what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to talk you through three areas I think that are really helpful for us to coach our kids in. I'm going to give you tools, I'm going to give you practicals, I'm going to tell you about some resourcing we have coming up for you about this. But um, let's get started. I'm so grateful that you have joined us. And um, I know, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling pretty alone and uh, I'm glad, I'm glad that we're not. I'm so grateful for this, that we can be one community. So let's be a community tonight. Um... Right. Uh, By the way, Becky and Anna are joining us on typing. So you know my colleagues and they're there. So uh, you'll see constantly things popping up underneath them. And those are my colleagues, Becky and Anna. Um, So to begin, I have seen a lot of Facebook things. I'm really excited. Many... Uh, spiritual influencers have been getting out there and uh, giving resources for you to do at home with your kids. You know, can't go to church? Try this devotional, or um, here's a thousand things you can do spiritually at home with your kids. And I think all of those are great. But for me, in an unsure situation, what we tend to do as people and parents is to grab resources. So we're like, I don't know what to do. I'll just grab this thing and I'll do it. So, you know, we don't, it's unsure about how much food we're gonna have, we'll go grab food. We're not sure how much toilet paper we need, grab some toilet paper. Uh, we reach for external things and pull them close to do the job for us when we're unsure. And while those things can be helpful and are good tools, I want to say to you, you are the resource for your kids. You are the gift to your children in this season. And you don't have to feel like you know what you're doing. You don't have to be the most brilliant theological genius in the world. You are the resource your children grab and draw to them in a crisis. And you can do this. 100%. You can do this. And so a hammer doesn't build a house. It's the person who's building that builds it. And so all of those resources that are out there are tools for you to use, for you to use as you coach your kids through this. And so we're gonna step away from what do I need to do? What do I need to say? How do I do this perfectly for my kids? And we're gonna start with who do we need to be as parents in the lives of our kids to coach them through this scenario? Because that's where our power is going to be. We are going to be spiritually significant, there is enormous opportunity to disciple our children in something that will bless them for the rest of their lives. And this is a a blessed space that in the midst of this fear and worry and unprecedented stuff that's happening around us, we can tell our kids this is how to walk through it with God. And so we're going to talk about three areas. We're going to talk about how to cope with our kids' emotions. We're going to talk about how to help our kids connect to God in this season. And we're going to talk about how to help our kids' purpose. Because those are the sort of three areas that I think the questions come up. And then we're going to hit every question that you could possibly have. So let's start with emotions. Now, because we're going to do a lot, I've set up stations around my room so that you don't have to look at me. In the same area. So let's turn to our emotions corner. Do, 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 do. Oh, yeah. Wow, look at that. An emotions corner, everybody. <laughs> I know. You're like, wow, that is unusual for Rachel to do. Look what I did for you. I made an emotions corner. I wrote down emotions because I feel that what we do is we instantly go to fear. Most of the questions that people have been sending in to us and that we've encountered as we go around is about fear. My kid's afraid, I'm afraid. How do I help my kid cope with the fear that's going on? And I find the word fear a very blunt tool because what happens is we go for, my kid's afraid. How do I make them not afraid? How do I help them find peaceful? And that narrows us in to a very narrow way of coaching our kids through this because I find that fear is, is not really just fear. If we only focus on fear, then our spiritual response is to say, be peaceful, don't be afraid, be peaceful, and we're trapped. But actually, our kids are experiencing a wealth of emotions. And I just encourage you to consider as I talk through these options about the varying emotions that your children are going through in this. Fear is rarely just fear, there's uncertainty. Um, No one knows what's happening, no one knows what the future will bring, and often our children aren't experiencing a deep fear that they can just say, no, I'm not gonna be afraid and find peace. They're experiencing uncertainty and anxiety, a a lack of solidity that they find stressful. And if, if they're experiencing a deep uncertainty and we just come in with don't be afraid, What happens is we're not actually coaching what they're working through we're coaching what we think they should be feeling which is fear when actually they may only be feeling uh, a deep sense of uncertainty which is still a very powerful and deep emotion but we can coach that if we know it Um, some of our children are just experiencing a, a deep struggle with change Not everybody is like me who's like, "Mm, I ate change for breakfast. Um, Some of our kids don't do change well and a lot of things are changing and information is changing and what may happen tomorrow is changing and they may be uncomfortable and unsettled with all the change. It might not be fear of disease, it might just be this deep sense of change that is disrupting what's going on in them. Some of them may be experiencing that fear of sickness or fear of dying. Or concern about hurting other people with the germs that they can't see and so we may find a sort of over sense of guilt that's happening in kids. Um, Sometimes kids are worried and worry is different than fear. Um, This worry about getting sick or trying to control things um, or a worry about the future disappointments of cancellation of things. Some of our kids may be experiencing grief about the loss of a friend Um, or a family member or people in our church communities. People are dying from this disease and there can be a grief process that our kids are going through. So just telling our kids don't be afraid um, doesn't really help our kids work through the, the journey that they're walking on. So the first thing that I would really encourage you to do is ask questions to understand their journey of what's happening some of our kids are super nonchalant about it and they're like I'll be fine and you're like Ooh, should I destroy the really happy <laughs> I'll be fineness of it I don't know but understand where each of your kids are in this process because then you'll know I have a kid who's afraid of disease and I have a kid who's just stressed about the uncertainty of what's going on, and I have one kid who's really worried about washing her hands all the time. And when you know that, then you can actually walk with them in that emotional journey and pull in those things. So ask questions to understand, like some people feel worried when they hear uh, the news. Is that what you're feeling? Are you feeling more um, confident that you'll be okay, but worried about other people? And so you can just make guesses, and kids are very happy to tell you you're wrong. Um, Or you can say, I wonder if you feel scared about this and they can correct you. You can say, tell me more about that. You said this interesting thing. Tell me more about that and just understand. And once we understand, then we can begin to disciple their emotions and pull in who God is in all of these things. And so what we're going to do is we're going to talk through the six stage circle. So yeah, we're going to move again. Oh, look, I put colors on it for you guys. Uh, Thank you, Helen, for my sign. (laughs) What you're you're seeing is all of my personal encouragement notes to myself around. Um, Right, okay, so this is the six-stage circle. This is something that um, we teach in Parenting for Faith about how to coach your kids in the spiritual stuff. But uh, it's really significant when it comes to anything that you on purpose want to teach your kids. And so, uh, for instance, the premise is, and if you've ever engaged with Parenting for Faith, you know we talk a lot about this, so this is your chance to go run and have a wee, or to take a sip, uh, if you've done this already, um, because we're gonna apply it to fear and uncertainty. And all those other emotions. It's Bedtime Drinks with rage. Pardon me. So, my friend loves board games loves board games. I also am a board game freak, just so you know. And uh, he disciples his kids, essentially, very naturally, and how to love board games. It's a natural thing all parents do. You do it. I guarantee you, you're doing it in some area of your life. And we're just talking about taking the natural stuff we do and applying it to the spiritual side. But The first thing we do when we try to disciple our kids in something is we create windows for them. We show them what it looks like in our life. We say, this is what it looks like for me. So my friend who loved board games was like, I love board games so much. And he would constantly read reviews and look at them and buy them and trade them. And he was just living it. He sparkles when he talks about it. And I sparkle too, but we're talking about him right now. Uh, He just sparkles when he talks about it. Nobody around him can can be mistaken in the fact that he loves it and his kids see it. The second thing he does is he frames it for his kids. He says, this is why this game is brilliant and this is a player a player placement game versus a pusher wrist game and he explains it all and it's fascinating and they discuss and they 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 debate what's better and worse and he frames for them why these games are cool and what he loves about it. And then he equips them to do it. He gives them the names. He offers to play games that they invent. Some of his children uh, invent their own games and they're fascinating and we play them and he gives them feedback and he equips them to sort of step into it and buy their own games and he teaches them how to read reviews and make decisions. Uh, Then he creates opportunities for them to love board games. Uh, We went to the games expo uh, and took all of the kids and it was fantastic and we got to walk around and see things and talk to designers and and then, you know, there's boundaries. You can't play games all the time, but nor can you never engage. We'll we'll find one that works for you, but you know, board games are a way of life in this family. And then uh, feedback, this sort of sense of community and not saying this is how you're doing in your love of board games, but this is how you process this and I'm so proud of you and it's so great and I love playing with you and it's this wonderful, circle we do this naturally whether it's your love of baking or outdoors or whatever we naturally do this with our kids what happens with the spiritual life is sometimes we just pick one sometimes we just say right this is what we do and that's it we're gonna go to church and you are too because it's important and that's it Uh, or we do one And in order to really disciple a kid in something we need to go all the way around And when we're talking about all of these emotions, these fear and uncertainty and anxiety, what we want to do sometimes is just frame it. Just say, what do I tell my kids so they stop being afraid? What are the words I can use to make them see it? And then that will just disappear. And what we're trying to do is not just explain away our kids' emotions. We're trying to walk with them on a journey of life so that they can learn patterns of behavior and heart and patterns and ways of thinking so that they can learn to walk with God in all of this. So the first thing that would be really helpful in all of these emotions about the coronavirus is to create a window into how you are feeling. Now, some of us are feeling, "Ah!" (laughs) oh my gosh I'm gonna get it I'm gonna die how in the world is this gonna happen so I'm not saying create a window into all of your negative spirally emotions because that will not be helpful but what you can do is create a window into how you are proactively walking out your emotions about coronavirus and so create a window into when you go okay we don't know what's going to happen in four days time but you know what one day at a time I'm gonna let go of all of the stuff that I don't know about, and I'm gonna say one day at a time, me and Jesus. If that's your self-talk, great. Do it out loud so your kid can see that when the worry comes up, you relax. If you are praying, feel free to say, God, I'm worried about grandma over there, and I'm worried about this, and I have all of these emotions, but I know that you are the God that's bigger than the coronavirus, and I pray that you would fill us with your peace so I can see you most. All of those little windows into how you are proactively coping with your feelings helps your kid go, oh, I can come up with things to tell myself. I can put a Bible verse up on the wall. I can just chat to God about it and tell him the truth. Whatever you are doing that's proactive. Let them see a window into it, not the spirally scary stuff, but the proactive stuff so they can see when I feel these emotions, I can do this. You can also use this as a technique. If your kids have these things and they don't have a technique to do it, you can say, oh, sometimes my brain spirals around this and I get worried about it, and so this is how I do it. And you can just create a window into what strategically your kid needs to see. The second thing you can do is to frame it. Our job often is to name stuff and what happens with the emotions around things like a pandemic is there are so many emotions whoosh, 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 that um, sometimes we're just feeling stuff like our general emotion is emotion. And uh, what our kids need is to have a naming of those things and to be able to say, you know, sometimes in the Bible, I see this and in my life, I see this sometimes the emotions get so big that all you see are the emotions and you like lose where God is because all you see is Just, oh, this big thing. And that's sort of like what happens in our head, but that's not what needs to happen. And so what I do in this time and what we can do together is to move our eyes from all of those stuff and onto who God is right now. What is he doing? Um, Where can we spot him? Because God is active and doing things right now and he is bigger than anything that is happening. So where is he? What is he doing? What do we know about God? Let's move our eyes to someplace else besides the... ah, Because we're looking at it. You can do it casually or you can do it really deliberately, you know, through Bible study together or something. And over the next days and weeks, we will be posting um, some positive springboard things that you can do with your kids to help engage with these, you know, these topics of emotions and anxiety and, and purpose. We'll give you a jumping off point. So make sure you like the Parenting for Faith BRF page and you'll see those things pop up as they come up, but just frame for your kids. What are you looking at? Where is God in this? And how does our emotions impact how we see God? Because sometimes he's right there and I'm busy, you know, fiddling with this when he's standing there being big and wonderful. And uh, and we can name that. You can name those emotions. The other thing to do is equip your kids. Our kids need to be equipped for fear and uncertainty. Sometimes we just try to distract them away from their worry, distract them away from their grief, distract them away, and actually teaching them how to walk through the middle of it is an incredibly powerful thing we can give them. This will not be the only time in their lives that they're going to feel anxious or worried or fearful or struggling with change. And we get to say, okay, when you face this, this is how you do it. And equipping our kids to do that is really important. And so you can begin to say, when we feel this, what should we try? And is it working? If you're feeling afraid that you're going to get the disease and it's making your heart beat fast and it's making you feel all itchy, stressed inside, then what can we do to help our hearts find the peace of God right now? And scripture is full of suggestions for it, but church is, and every bit of their history of experience has helped them on this journey. So for instance, things like uh, the scripture, do not be anxious about anything. But through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Well, there's like loads of tools in there. Don't be anxious about anything, but just through prayer and petition. So anytime you feel that worry in your heart thinking, just chat to God and tell him, God, I'm feeling worried and stressed because I think the virus is going to take over my body and that's making me feel stressed. And then what's next? Thanksgiving. God, I thank you that you are bigger and stronger and that you made pickles and that chocolate exists and that I have a family. And then the last bit of that verse is the peace of God will come. So then after we tell God what we're feeling, say thank you for some stuff, then let's take a deep breath and catch the peace that God promises will come when we do that. That's like 30 seconds. And your whole family can do that. And if that doesn't work, well, we know some of us find our peace in worship. and Some of us find our peace by reading the Bible. Some of us find our peace by just going in the toilet and chatting to God. How do you want to try it when you're feeling those emotions? And you help your kid find those things. There's more verses that will pop up on the Facebook page. There's more questions that will help you ask your kid about. But help them go on the journey of figuring out how they and God... Find what will help them cope together. And it won't work every time, and that's okay, because we're all on the journey of being equipped to do that. The fourth thing is create opportunities for them to do it. Identify times where you're like, hey, if you're ever feeling this, I will stop and let you try it. Let's carry around the Bible in the car, or let's make sure I have your song that you've chosen to um. Play whenever you're feeling that way, or yes, you can make your own worship set at night. Um, whatever opportunities they mean, it may mean that you have to prepare your heart to be late for school when you're doing the drop-off, and you're going to try this new stop at the corner thing and gather together and pray. And you're running late. You may have to say, "Okay, we're going to try it," because walking together in peace is more important than being on time. <laughs> um, go for it boundaries are really helpful too rather than saying we're not going to be afraid in this family what we can say is we're going to face this with peace and laughter and you can keep asking are we facing this with peace and laughter because it can be tough and feedback you know when you tried that worship thing that really actually blessed me when i heard you singing it made my heart feel really peaceful i appreciate how when you find your connection with god and how to walk out those emotions it actually helps me too and your brother when you work on this thing, it's really helpful. Now you can do this with the medical stuff as well. I don't know all the information, but create windows into how you're processing all the medical stuff. Frame for them all the latest stuff that's coming out. There's loads of stuff on the internet about it. Equip them and how to do the right you know, hand washing and things. Create opportunities for them. Give them boundaries on what keeps them safe. Give them feedback about how your trust is growing with how they're taking care of themselves. All of those things, it's anything that comes up, you can do. That was the first thing. You okay? Do you have any questions on that? Anything that you want to process? If not, what we'll do is we'll keep going. Write your questions and comments in, and we'll continue on. We'll hit them at the end. I know that's a lot, and I know this is long, but I just want you to feel like you have sort of enough stuff going on. Um, The second thing is about... Connecting to God. Let's go to our connecting to God thing. All right, here we go. Da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da. Connecting to God. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, this may be lame, but I like moving around, guys. It helps me. All right, so this is connecting to God. Uh, for everyone who's wondering, yes, that is a uterus. <laughs> so you know, it was uh, a card that someone sent me when they cut my uterus out. Uh, right. So uh the other thing after we talk about emotions another thing is we can get worried about the big questions the uh the god questions that we are guaranteed sure is going to come up we're like we know it we absolutely know it um It is going to uh, come up, my kid is going to turn to me and say, why does God allow this? Why does God not stop the pandemic? And you're gonna be stuck in the middle of a theological quagmire and we can be quite afraid of all of the questions uh, that are coming up. Um, Why doesn't he stop it, where is he? And first of all, I want to assure you that not all of you will get that question. (laughs) I've worked with kids for a long time. There are some kids who will never think of it. And uh, so, you know, you may get lucky. Uh, but what's really important is to not be afraid of those questions because if you're getting those questions that's really good because what's happening is your kids are reaching into their Bible knowledge their church knowledge their experience of God with you as a family their personal encounters with God they're reaching in and they're going how does this apply to life and that's exactly what we want them to do. We don't want them to isolate their biblical knowledge in church times. We want them to pull it out and be like, what about this? Because the more they do that, the more they'll learn to integrate their head knowledge and their heart knowledge with life. And this is where God is. He is in the midst of pandemics. He is in the midst of our fear and worry. He's in the midst of our churches and our communities. And for kids to go, where is God in this, is an excellent instinct and for us what we can do is respond to their chewing of that we get to join them in their processing of it now one of the things that this sort of comes up with is about the very nature of god and our kids will begin to question who is god is he loving is he distant is he is he and that is a whole fun journey to go on with your kids And um, on the Parenting for Faith website, parentingforfaith.org, there's a Parenting for Faith course, and one session is called Unwinding Wrong Views of God. And there's a whole free session online about how to coach your kids' view of God. And so I'm going to leave that with you if you want to explore that. If that's what's coming up for you, go find that, and that will equip you for the next point. Because it's not just their view of God, but it's our opportunity to help them find connection with God in the midst of it because that's what we want. Whatever our kids walk through in life, we want them to learn how to find God in it. And this is a fantastic opportunity while we're in the midst of the craziest stuff ever to say, where is God in this? Where do we see him? How does this make, affect our walk with God? And so um, in the end, if all of life is about finding God in it, then this is our opportunity. So we're gonna go back to our six stage circle. I don't know why the music comes. I know why the music comes. My dad always does music with everything. And um, that's what happens. Parents affect us in many ways. My father is a wonderful man and has a deep impact on my life. And one of those impacts is, I provide my own music for things. So, uh, what does this look like when we're talking about where is God in all of this? Um, The first thing is to create windows into your chat life about this stuff at bedtime. We've talked about it in the last time, but where is God in this for you to say, oh, you know, to, to chat at bedtime and say, oh God, I loved when I just, today I was sitting on the couch and you came and sat next to me or you reminded me of this Bible verse or I was singing this hymn in the kitchen and all of a sudden I thought, oh, that is true, God. Thank you so much for that. To say that out loud makes your kid go, hmm, That's, is that what it looks like to have life with God? Talk about it when you're at the dinner table or when you're passing notes underneath your isolation room. To, to say, you know, I was just, you know, hanging out uh, this morning reading this thing and, I, it, and God just poked me and, and reminded me of this. And I just thought, God, you're really cool. Or I was watching the news and I thought, look, look at this. Whatever is going on in your head, share it. Because often our children don't have access to those little bits of your life that you think oh that's where god is where it's where you see him so create windows into where you see god frame for your kids that god is active sometimes we picture him uh, just you know sitting passively in the back like just twiddling his thumbs until we tell him to do something and actually god is right now active in the world he is comforting people who are worried and afraid, who are brokenhearted. He is with the grieving. He is healing. He is protecting. He is bringing his promises of hope and help. He is He is out there in the world and we can see him. And when you tell your kids that, then you begin to have a really interesting conversation. Like, I see God in every medical professional who is wading into people's fear and brokenness and sickness and saying, I will lay down my my fear and worry and stress because I want to serve somebody else. That to me is just the, the heart of Jesus and I see it everywhere. Where do you see God? Where do you see what he's doing? Um, equip them to connect with God. If your kids don't know how to chat to God or catch from him to have conversations with god this is a great opportunity to do that to tell them that god talks to us and you can access his communications and if you want to know more about that the parenting for faith course is there to help you there's two whole sessions three whole sessions on how to catch from god and how to chat to god and, and help them authentically um, connect with him in that way create opportunities to wrestle with this stuff to say you know I wonder today I was at the shops and I was looking at how isolated everybody was and I was thinking God where are you you know what are you doing and it just made me it just made me wonder and to to open that up and to create those opportunities to say where do you think God is what do you think God is doing and to help those kids see, you know, what was one place that you saw God moving or doing something today? What part of God's heart have you been grabbing onto? To ask questions, to assume that our kids are connecting with God is a really useful thing. Um, Boundaries is a bit weird. What we can, what we can say is sometimes we talk so much about God and we forget to talk to him, So I've had massive theological conversations that are really interesting, forgetting that God is actually in the room. And so to be able to constantly remind kids that actually we can talk about God and stuff, but why don't you just ask him tonight while you're in bed? Or why don't we ask him, okay, God, one time today, I want to see what you're doing and think about it. And then feedback about all of these questions and comments and concerns and how your kid's praying for you and how they're seeing God is so encouraging to you and to others and to help them see the impact that one person connected to God is helping other people. That is a really significant thing. The other thing that we can do with this is to learn how to answer their questions with God Connection. And uh, so I am going to, oh, I'll have to go. Okay, we'll turn around. We're gonna go over there. And I wanna just teach you how to answer questions because the big questions may come up and sometimes we think, well, I I don't know the big answers. So let's do this. I'm gonna turn this around to here. There's a whole stuff on uh, Facebook, I think. Was it Facebook? One of you will be able to tell, one of my team will be able to tell you about how to answer questions. We did a whole session on it and then I answered some live, so. Uh, You can see me fumble around and (laughs) see, but uh, there's also some on the, uh, there's also some on the, on the page, but here we go. This is how to answer any question your kid comes up with, all right? You're going to be a genius. Uh, So the first thing when your kid asks the question is ask them back, what do you think? Because often what happens is a question our kid asks is not really, sometimes it's about that question and sometimes it's. The only way they can express a little bit of what they're feeling. So to say, what do you think? And you'll find out what your kid is thinking theologically, what they're worried about, what they're stressed about, what it's really about. Let them discuss and figure it out because it's a great opportunity just by putting it back. The second thing to say is, what do we know? Because there's lots of things we do know. We know about the heart of God, the character of God. Um, we know th- lots of scripture. If you're new to faith, you may know a little bit. If you've been a Christian for ages, you may know a lot, but it doesn't matter. What we're teaching our kids is for every question, there's a process of being able to wade into an answer. So the question is, what do we know? And you can say, you know what? I almost know nothing about that. That's really interesting. There's like a big hole of information that I don't know how interesting. The second thing is to say, what do we not know? There's lots of things we do know, but there's stuff that we don't know. If you start off with, I don't know anything, (laughs) that's okay. I don't know is a good answer, but what's coming next is the important thing. But if you do know stuff, you can say, well, this is what scripture says. This is what I know from my life. This This is sort of the truth of what I grab onto, but there is stuff that I don't know, and this is what I don't know. This is what we theologians haven't figured out yet. And then the last thing is here, how it works for me. Given what I know and given what I not know, this is how I've worked it out in my life. This is where I am with it right now. And so, for instance, the question of uh, why doesn't God stop it? Now, you will have your own theology. Please do not feel that I'm saying this is the correct answer. I'm saying this is just a way of answering it. So your theology will be what you give your kids. But if someone says, well, why doesn't God stop it? The first question they will say is, well, what do you think? And we can have a really interesting conversation. I can spot where their views of God are a bit off or where um, their beliefs about how, you know, if they say, well, I think God wants to kill half the people in the world. And you're like, interesting. That's an interesting conversation that we can now have. Uh, and so it, it sort of really shows what's going on in their heart. What do you think? And then you can say, well, what do we know? And for me, I can say, I know that God's love is more big and powerful than anything that is on this earth, and I need not be afraid. I know God can heal anything. Sometimes I know God heals like like that, like a miracle. Sometimes He uses medical science to heal it, um, like my cancer. Uh, my cancer was healed through medical science, but I felt God through all of that. Um, sometimes In Scripture, it says he promises to work all things together for good um, for those who love the Lord. And so I can trust that no matter what I'm working through, God is going to bring goodness in it and through it. Um, In the Bible, he did stop some big, terrifying things. And there are times in the Bible where he didn't stop big, terrifying things. But what he always did was he walked with those people through the tough stuff. He brought his faithfulness, his goodness, his comfort, his power, and he always showed himself to be faithful in the midst of that. What I don't know, well, I don't know why God didn't stop it. But you know what else I don't know? (laughs) I also don't know what else that he has stopped that I've never seen. What else in the world has come that God has said no? What other terrifying things have been out there that God has intervened in? I'm seeing this small aspect of what God has been and is doing. And so I don't know. I know this is what's happening today. And I know that we live in a world where this stuff happens. I got cancer. My friend died in a car accident. I have another friend who just dropped dead for no apparent reason. There are... There are difficulties that we face in this life, and I don't know why this is happening now, but I know that all of the things I do know are true. And then how do I cope with that? Well, I pray and I intercede and I ask to see God where He is, and I change my behavior according to medical science, and I look for God everywhere, and I tell him how I feel, and I say, God, use me to help others. And And I'm not focused on why God did something. I'm just focused on where he is and what he's asking me to do. How do you feel about that? What do you think? And then you're off in a really interesting conversation. So whatever the conversation is, whatever the question is, you got it. If you know absolutely nothing, if you go, what do you think? And you go, I have no idea. I'm completely in the dark about it. But how I cope with when I'm in the dark about it is I go talk to people who are wise. So let's call up. Our senior pastor let's call up our friends let's uh, let's look on the internet and ask this question and see which answer we think is right let's buy a book let's figure it out because because just because I don't know doesn't mean that God isn't real isn't true just means I don't know that bit yet and you model that it's okay to not know so when you answer those questions you got it so between the six stage circle and between doing these what you know and not know and showing them how connection with God is then they have all these emotions that you can walk them through and you can say there are so many opportunities to connect with God about it. And the last thing is this. (laughs) 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 Boom. Boom. Purpose. The last thing uh, that is really helpful that I find is focusing on this thing. We have coping helping our kids cope with emotions we have helping our kids connect to god the last thing is about purpose um we can be so self-focused in this season so worried about you know isolation and protecting ourselves and protecting other people and self Ooh, oh i can't remember the word you know we got to sit six feet away from each other and as an introvert part of me is like mm, i'm enjoying this uh but other times it's terrifying you see this this disconnect between people And um, we can become very self-focused in this season. And I love in scripture that one of the first things that God spoke to people, in Genesis, it says that he spoke to people, he blessed them, and then the very next thing he said was to give them their job, to give them their purpose. The heart of who we are is purposeful, powerful people, and God is inviting us into his plans and purposes. And if our only purpose is to be selfish and self-focused, what happens is we miss a significant part of the heart of God and a significant part of who we are. And so helping our kids find their purpose is really significant. Um, If this is a whole area you want to explore and push into, considering you're home and you got time, uh, it's in this book called... um, Sorry, I wasn't planning on doing this. Uh, Parenting Children for a Life of Faith. It's the omnibus version. And there's three books in here. Um, Parenting Children for a Life of Faith, Parenting Children for a Life of Purpose, and Parenting Children for a Life of Confidence. And If you want to explore that whole area, it's in that book. But um, we have a purpose to love and care and lay down our lives, mercy and care for the vulnerable, and to love our neighbor as ourselves and to pray and intercede. We have so many purposes that our job is not just to survive hanging out in a room, our job is to still be purposeful in every season and we can help our kid find that. How? Back to the six stage circle. This is our last one. Uh, Feel free to um, write in any questions you want me to hit after this or any ideas or any reflections that you've been having. Um, So what does this look like? In creating windows, it's about talking about what you feel God is asking you to do. And, and sometimes I feel I don't know about you, but you know those those fantastic little cards have been going around on Facebook and um, other media where you know you can drop it by your neighbor and say you know hey this is you know I'm here and I'm here to help and I think that's great if that's something you want to do. Um, but some of us um, are struggling with a fever <laughs> and have sick kids, and we're like I'm not sure I can care for the whole block as well as me. Um, but that's still purpose. And so you still have a sense of purpose. You still can say, you know, I feel right now that God is saying, my job is to sacrificially care for you guys. And every time I get up and get you a drink when I'm still feeling fevery is is my way of saying, I love you and I serve you and you're my neighbor today. And no matter how big or small you feel it is, create windows into your sense of what is God asking you to do today? And how are you doing it? Um, and and that's really important now the second thing is to to frame for our kids that we always have a purpose even if you're Home and you can't talk to anybody. There's still a friend that maybe you could email with some with a message. They could become text pastors if they're teenagers and check on all their friends and make sure nobody's feeling isolated or alone. You you know can have a five year old who can uh, draw a picture for a friend and then you can take a picture of it and text the other parents so that that friend doesn't feel alone. They all can have a purpose and to say, you know, you are never out of God's plans and purposes for this earth. Is important um, another way you can frame for your kids the impact they have is to appreciate what they do because our kids are really sweet kids and every once in a while they do something really kind and so when they take their plate into the kitchen to to you know to clean up after themselves to say I just want to say I appreciate you doing that without me having to ask because it means that I can rest in how grown up you are and I so appreciate you bearing the weight of you in this family is so helpful for me and i appreciate it so framing through appreciation is something that's really helpful thank you for praying for me can you please pray for me thank you for um saying those kind words thank you for encouraging me that all helps them show them sort of how how they can impact you and therefore how they can impact others Um, Equip them. Often, most of the time, kids aren't purposeful, not because they don't want to, because they don't know how. Kids freeze in the face of other people's pain often. That isn't because they're uncompassionate. It's because they don't know what to do. (laughs) And so when you say uh, people are feeling lonely, um, what do you think we could do to help them not feel alone? And they can come up with ideas and they can do them. They're equipped to respond to the needs in front of them. Often they don't know what they can do about it, so they feel helpless and powerless, and often that feeds into emotions. But if you say, these are a thousand different ways that we can be purposeful and powerful, what fits you, you know, what is in your heart to do? Then we can begin to empower them on how to say yes and how to say yes safely, and how to care for others in this family and outside. Create those opportunities, you know, give them time to ask God and do it. You actually have time. I I know one family, who loves writing and so they decided to write like a story for a different family to to go through and so these are writing kids and they're writing like a chapter book and then a different family is getting to read the chapter book every night but they're sending it to them like chapter by chapter so you have these families who are connected and they're writing a sort of like god story adventure thing that's going on what a great opportunity, if you have the time to do that. Help your kids explore what they're called to do and how they can step into that. And create boundaries. We can talk about how we can take care of ourselves without being selfish and what that looks like. And so it's okay to take care of yourself, but it's not okay to do it in a selfish way. And What that looks like and to call them on it and to say it's so tempting to be selfish and have great conversations. And then um, this feedback to help them see Not only the impact that they have on others, but what God is doing. Having a purpose isn't about doing nice things. It's about learning how to see the heart of God and knowing what he is doing and saying yes to his invitations. And so sometimes it's about creating opportunities for your kids to ask God, God, what are you asking me to do in this season? And then to do it and to show them the impact on others. Um, so, so explore that, emotions, connecting to God, purpose. Work your six-stage circle, answer questions. They're all really helpful. Um, questions. Um, there's one question that someone sent in ahead of time, so I'll answer it, but if you have any questions, comments, concerns, ponderings, heresy flags, uh, things that have been really helpful to you, please feel free to type them in. Uh, we'd love to hear. Uh, I'm just gonna grab my phone to see any questions that are coming up. Um, Right. So uh one of the questions someone wrote in was, my three-year-old son loves hugging people at church, yes, and is really struggling when I told him, No. Uh, how can I explain it? <laughs> I think that is a great question, because particularly if we're still attending church, but trying to do that uh that isolation. I can't remember the name. It's driving me nuts. You know, when you're supposed to stay separate. Someone type it in for me because it's gonna drive my brain crazy. Uh And so when we're supposed to do that, how do you explain that to a tiny person? Uh, And so one of the things uh, I would suggest is to affirm their intent to say, absolutely, it's so important that we help people feel loved and feel connected. Um, And the best way to help them feel loved and connected right now is to be a shield for them, to be a shield of space, because right now what they need to keep them safe is like a force field around them of space so that no viruses can uh, jump on them. So how can we do that? Well, we can, you know, stay outside their little space zone. But also, we want to make them feel loved and connected. So what are other ways of helping them feel loved and connected? I know one family uh, who came up with a I love you dance. (laughs) And so they sent me a video of their kid in church being like, you, (laughs) telling all these people who were like, yay. Uh, um, uh, Another family uh, emailed in to say, don't uh, go for blowing kisses. (laughs) because their kids were like, <laughs> that was like terrifying to everybody. Uh, so, you know, come up with a new way of making people feel loved and connected. Make make sure you just give them a massive smile or write them letters and hold it up. How can you make people feel loved and connected? Because that's what hugging is, is helping people feel loved and connected and you can do it a different way. Uh, another question is this, Um, I have one child for whom knowledge is power. The more he knows, the calmer he feels. My other child is more fearful the more emotion she has. How do we balance the amount of information facts figures we give, particularly as the facts information is so contradictory from different sources? Yes, uh, I hear that. Um, One of the things that can be really helpful in this conversation is to equip our kids on how we cope and how other people cope. So to sit down and say to one of your kids, you find peace by having all the information and knowing all of the changes because it helps you feel in control and it helps you feel know how to manage yourself. But your brother uh, really struggles with all that information. It makes him feel overwhelmed and buried under things and therefore it makes him feel unpeaceful. And so what we can do is I can give you lots of information and we can explore and have that information. But we got to help you be wise with that information. And So that information is for you, your brain, and your heart. But we've got to take care of somebody else's heart. And so I'm trying to help you do both. So I'm trying to give you lots of information so your heart can be peaceful. And give your brother less information so that he can be peaceful and not feel overwhelmed. And I need us to partner with that because we're all here to take care of each other. So rather than sharing information across everybody, we can share information individually and say, I need us to be team. That's part of how we care for each other, is caring for how each other's hearts work. And we're here to help with that. Um, My husband, another question is, my husband is immunosuppressed, so my child is particularly worried about the impact on him. How can I help her not to worry? That's a really important question. And there are real um, concerns, you know, for those of us who are recovering from something, or are immunosuppressed? My father's diabetic. Uh, and we all have these sort of uh, people that we're worried about, that are vulnerable. And uh, and I think one of the things that you can do, one, work it around the circle. Um, for me, you know, for instance, create windows into, how are you doing it? What does your heart feel? And if you're feeling worried about it, or if you're not feeling worried about it, and if you're not, how did you get there? What happened in your brain that made you feel that? And if you are worried, then um, you can say that one of the, the Bible verses that has really helped you, for instance, is um, is this verse, uh, Matthew 6, 31. So do not worry, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what we will wear, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. And Jesus said that, and so... I realize that what I'm doing is I'm doing the what if game in my head. I'm saying, what if this happens and what if this happens? And all I can do is say, God, I want the fullness of you for daddy. I want daddy to be in that room and to be safe in your love, to meet with you, to hear your voice and um and daddy god teach us how to be the shield around him so that we can do that and god we trust you that you are faithful and you trust that you'll walk us through everything and whenever i feel like this worry is coming up inside of me this is what i do and you can frame for your kid if science is helpful great if science is not helpful then don't go for it but frame for her how you see it and how you guys are doing it and how there's lots of things you're doing to take care of daddy, equip her to be a, a part of that protection or a part of that inspiration encouragement. Her job is to always make sure daddy has something to laugh at every five hours or something so that she feels like she is a part of the protection and part of the the team that is there and praying and, and interceding and, and doing practical things and create opportunities for her to be significant in that and, uh, you know, give her... Well, there's some just natural medical boundaries about it, but some of the boundaries are about you know we don't want our hearts to spiral and to be afraid. And so if we if we sense that your your heart is getting fearful, I want you to tell me. That's the boundaries. That none of us feels worried alone, because together we'll, f- we'll connect with God and we'll find that that peace so that we can face the shipwreck, the face the the, the waves together. Uh, and then that feedback of how powerful it is. Um, So I don't think we'll ever be able to say, don't worry, because there are real and dangerous things out there. But what we can say is, here is who God is in the midst of it. This is how you can be powerful in it. And this is how we can train our hearts to cling to God's peace. So whether it's a family worship song, whether it's a family Bible verse, whether it's it's whatever it is, you are on the journey together to walk this um, with God no matter what comes. Um, Another question, how do we help our kids through the disappointment of things they've been looking forward to being canceled, especially when you're disappointed too? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think one of the things that's so releasing to kids is to be disappointed I think sometimes we feel like we've got to put on a brave face for it and sometimes it's just really nice to be like ugh, it's so sad and to experience that disappointment together it's okay to be deeply disappointed and when we let ourselves be dis- deeply disappointed it allows them to experience those emotions and to be frustrated and angry and ugh, disappointed And then together you can sort of come up with a plan of what do we want to do do you want to try to do have fun day on that day or should we just sit in our disappointment and be sad because we can do that sometimes sometimes it's just it's rubbish and that's sad and uh but we don't want to let it take over our hearts so let's give us three days to be really disappointed about it complain about it as much as we want and then we're going to have to get over it deal deal Uh, and so (laughs) sometimes it's all right it's the getting out of it how do we help our hearts not get bitter but you can be sad for a bit. Uh, so come up with a, a team plan, because it'll never be able to replace it, but you, uh, you probably could find something fun uh, to uh, work it out instead. Uh, from from another woman, as a toddler group leader, how do I reassure and offer support to families when we won't be able to meet together? That is a great, great question. Uh, I think one of, the question, one of my uh, ponderings, I guess, about that in terms of supporting families, is where do they naturally um, experience um, the need for support? Uh, I find sometimes that we rush in with support that they don't need, and so some of the things that might be helpful are to set up WhatsApp groups of 10 people um, who are willing to just support each other and chat to each other and be able to do that. If you have a toddler group, group maybe you can connect them to a WhatsApp group with some small groups or some life groups who'd be willing to just pastorally check on them every three days and say, hey, how are you doing? We know it can be isolating. How are you? Because when you're in church, you have this natural support group that often people in the community don't have um, when it, terms to, it comes to locally people. I know sometimes their support is you a know, half hour away. Uh, And so maybe you can connect in through relationships to have that pastoral check-in. I know some other churches have said, here's a phone number. Someone will always answer this phone number in case you just want to talk, in case you need something, in case uh, you're feeling isolated and alone, you know, pop on and talk. I know some people have hosted watch parties of just funny YouTube videos to keep people connected throughout the day. It's about pulling those people in close to you and trying to figure out how it's going. Um... Right, uh, another one. Do you have any creative ideas on ways to stay connected with our church family while in isolation, especially for young children? Um, yes, I am incredibly impressed with the power of FaceTime and Skype. Um, I learned this from my. Um, I live, obviously, my accent is American. I've lived uh, in the UK for 18 years now. And uh, so my child is uh, really connected to his grandparents in America because they Skype once a week and they I have been amazed through his you know decade of life that they have managed to play for an hour two hours sometimes just on Skype playing Legos playing uh, all sort they playing games you can do loads of things and so when you have families you can actually pull out a board game that you both own, and uh, and play board games together over Skype. Or you can, uh, you know, build, coordinate. You each p- building five Lego things and having a pretend Lego battle across it, or uh, sending p- challenges and pictures to each other. You can create all sorts of fun stuff, um, without having to get your bodies together. But you can plan FaceTime dates and Skype dates, and it's amazing what you can do when you just sort of say, here, have a phone. You can Skype and do whatever you want for the next hour with your friend what they'll end up doing. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, facilitate those um, things. Do a group Skype of all of the kids, of different uh, kids groups, and you know you can have a midweek group where everyone's sitting around talking and having hot chocolate that the parents facilitate. Um, enjoy, do it. Um, I'm looking and I don't see any other questions. Um, if you have any other questions, please feel free to um, Type them on and I will either record another video or it will message you about it. Keep looking out on the Facebook page because we'll, we'll put up some springboard resources for you to have to help your kids process some of these big things, things that may help you go. Um, check out the free Parenting for Faith course on the website if you want. It's there. And we have a podcast with right now 60 episodes of Things for Parents called the Parenting for Faith podcast if that's something you want to tie in. But the last thing I want to say is you got this. You got this. You are the parents. You are the right parents for these kids in this season, in this time. You are wise enough. God will give you the wisdom if you need it. But be bold. You don't need to know all the answers. You are the gift for your kids. You are the resource for this season, and you can do it. And so I just want to pray for you now. God, I thank you so much for who you are and what you are doing. I thank you, God, that in the midst of such frightening things like this coronavirus epidemic this pandemic that we don't know what's going to happen next we don't know what's going to happen to our family and our communities we don't know how it will impact for the next years to come god that you are the god above all you are the god who sees all and knows all you are the god who is active and out there in the world doing things protecting people bringing comfort bringing your healing bringing your power moving hospital beds around god i can't even fathom all that you are doing uh, for good, turning all for the good of those who love you. God, I pray for those who don't know you yet, that they would hear your voice in this season, that um, they would sense who you are. God, I pray that you would put us in connection with those who uh, are lost and lonely, who need you, uh, that we may, um, in our little way, be a small part of your great plans for this world. God, I pray for our children that they may have a season of connection with you, that they may draw close to you, that they may discover new things about you, that they may discover new ways of hearing you and sharing their hearts with you, that this season will be a time of solidification of their faith and their journey with you, that they may walk strong in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a good night and um, solidarity to everyone else who is in isolation and uh, Keep connected, everyone. We're here for you uh, because we're trapped in houses. So we've got lots of time. Have a good rest. Bless you. Bye.
0: Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch or to find out about training and events near you.